Welcome to Right, Just, and Inconvenient, a podcast where we talk about the Catholic faith and our walk towards holiness in today's cultural climate. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Amanda. And we are both Catholic wives and mothers trying to raise the next generation of good and decent Catholics in today's world. And even though we don't always get it right ourselves, we invite you to walk with us on this journey to holiness. Last week, we talked about um, femininity and our, like, inherent value as women and um, what it really means to be feminine. Um, And this week, (laughs) we're going to talk about feminism and um, kind of how, through the years, it's become um, something that it wasn't originally supposed to be. I think feminism, like, I think... Now, when we hear the word feminism, like, I mean, it can kind of give you a bad taste in your mouth, I guess, because of what it's been warped into becoming. Um, But the actual concept, like, starting out, like, the idea of actual feminism, and by definition, it's a very good thing, like, the equality aspect. Um, So, if you actually read the definition of feminism, the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes, I'm for that, and so are you. Right. Um... Because there's something about, like, us having, like, equal opportunity in, in, like, workplaces. Like, a woman can be just as good of a doctor as a man. And I think that the movement could have gone the direction of trying to bridge that gap. And by, I guess, by genuinely making it where women could be equal as women. Like, instead of trying to make women equal, but as long as they became more like men. Right. And, um, we'll get into that a little bit more in a bit, but, um, yeah, the original feminists, like Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Alice Paul, um, I mean, their original goals were, um, you know, the ability for us to vote, which is, that's a good goal, right? And, um, and then just for opportunities for women in general, because there was a time where, I mean, we weren't seen, like, we were seen as our, our husband's property. And that's not cool. <laughs> like, it's never cool when no. human beings are seen as, as objects. Definitely right? not. And, like, I feel like that is one of the things that we can say is really good about the church, the Catholic yeah. church, is that we like to give all human beings the opportunity to be human beings and not objects. And we don't really um, promote any kind of objectification. Agreed. Starting that's from also kind of a misunderstanding of, I think, like, a lot of churches, not just the Catholic Church, but churches in general, like, this idea that um, churches want women to be suppressed. Right. And, you know, we talked about last week in our episode about femininity, like, fem- femininity, that, um, <laughs> like, the Catholic Church very much promotes the equality of women. Like, they just acknowledge the fact that the sexes are different, and for good reason. Yeah. And, I mean, we've talked about abortion a million times, and this is not an abortion episode, but... Um, but we, you know, the dignity begins when you're a fetus or an embryo, a zygote. Um, and the early feminists actually, um, were against abortion. It wasn't uh, like a movement or anything at that time. So they weren't like outwardly like, I against abortion. Yeah. But, um, they saw abortion as a symptom of not a solution to the struggles that women face. So, um, 
and then you know after that like we eventually we we got the right to vote um women and then the next wave of feminism was in the the 60s and that's where things got a bit wonky yeah this is where it kind of like faded into the whole sexual revolution yeah even though it like it it didn't have to be that way like this is where it took a turn yeah and and the original goals even here were good like so we had the right to vote we weren't property anymore whoop whoop but like we still were discriminated against big time. Like, women couldn't be pregnant and work in some places. Like, they would get fired. Like, they would only be able to be pregnant for, like, I don't know, five months or a certain amount of time before having to leave. And there's no guarantee that their job will be waiting for them when they got back. And in some states, like, they couldn't go to college and, like, so, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty rough, and, and there was a reason to be mad, and there was a reason to, like, make a movement. I think the solution to that was to push for the right for women to be able to continue employment while pregnant, the right for women to pursue their education while right. pregnant, and not just the right to do that, but, like, the resources to do that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I feel like people are kind of pushing for more of that now, which is crazy that it's so much later and we no, still have I to know. push for that, but, and, like, things like, like, now, like, breastfeeding, like, being able to pump and have a substantial, like, good amount of time to pump, and if, like, like, that kind of stuff, like, a good place that's not a bathroom, you know, those, yeah. those are the kind of things that we're advocating for now. Anyway, so, um, so all of that was good, and the, um... One of the things that, like, in this wave, the second wave of feminism, is um, Betty Friedan wrote a book called The Feminine Mystique, and that's, like, credited for kind of the beginning of this. And, like, a lot of her motives were good, like, saying that women, like, should be able to, like, have a place in the workplace and be respected. And all of that is really good. But the problem, I think, that, like, she had was that she kind of assumed that all women at the time, were just bored of being just mothers and housewives, which is funny because that's what I do now. But, um, but I feel like with like without that, the idea was pretty good because I mean, yeah, maybe some women were, maybe some women didn't. Like, you don't want to be just yeah. a mom and a housewife. Like, you want a career, and that's great. Like, we should have that option. So, like that idea uh, that she had was actually very good. Um. Do you have any comments? Well, no, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think that that's the whole point, is the equality is the having the choice to do either. Like, having the choice to do either and the resources to do it and to do it well and just the option to make that decision for yourself yeah. and it not be dictated by the rules of society. Yeah, and we had, like, uh, we had an episode, the Saints of All Kinds episode. Yeah. And, and it's really true that, I mean, every woman every human is valuable in different ways so we all have different like skills and talents and things that we thrive when we're doing yeah like some people are good at managing others some people are good at running a household some people are great cooks yeah like it's just we all have things and you know different skills can be used in different professions like like I was a good receptionist yeah and I don't know how that's being used in my home but (laughs) I'd say organizational skills. 
Sure. But I saw your desk. I feel like your organizational skills have actually blossomed as a stay-at-home yeah, mom right? than I ever did wow. in an office environment. I had people skills. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, like, I feel like the option for both is, is what we were trying to go for. And if we're being honest, like, either one you choose, and this is something I feel like that could be advocated for, like, by feminists now, is, like, you'll be criticized either way. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're staying at home with your kids, then, like, you aren't a contributing member of society. And like, if you're at work, then you're neglecting your kids. Mom like, shame. Yeah. And it's it been around forever. Like, oh, she should be home with her kids. Yep. And then, you know, I, I gotta say, like, now especially, I'm sure, but, like, as a stay-at-home mom, I often feel like, like people think that I am just, like, doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like, people are like, well, what do you do all day? I'm like, I don't know, survive? Yeah. <laughs> because it's not like I clock in. I feel like having briefly seen you, like, in a work environment, like, as an employee, and also having, like, FaceTimed you most days, like, as an employee of your home... I feel like you're way more productive now than you ever were oh, yeah. sitting at your desk. Yeah, I'm not a desk lady. Who knew? But, um, yeah, so um, part of the reason that we decided to do this episode was because I feel like the link from femininity that we did last week to, like, the separation of what feminism has turned into, we thought that would be, like, a nice yeah juxtaposition. Is that the right word? I have no idea. Okay. It sounded good. Yeah, but I also, um, I've been reading this book called Subverted by Sue Ellen Browder, and I actually met her, um, I know I've told you this story, but um, I met her at EWTN when I was a receptionist, and um, it's really funny because, like, people would come in, and and I would always ask them what they were there for, because it was cool, like, they were doing, like, great Catholic things, and I like to hear about it, but hers was, like, the first, she told me about her book, and she told me about this story, um, I think the subtitle is how... I helped, like, hijack the feminist, or the sexual revolution, feminist movement, whatever. Um, but the, her story is, is about her working at Cosmo, and, um... I remember when you told me about this initially, like, my mind was blown. She said that when she was working at Cosmo, she, she thought of the feminist movement and the sexual revolution to be two totally separate movements, right? So, um... She was working towards the sexual revolution at Cosmo. Um, actually, her boss was, like, telling them to, like, make up lies about, like, writing a story about this, like, happy woman who, like, was sexually free, able to have sex with whoever she wanted because birth control or abortion was freely available. And then she could still thrive in corporate America and, like, work her way up the ladder and be as successful as she wanted because she was sexually free. Like, those two things were connected. And that was the story that she was selling. But she was saying that, like, all of these stories were fake. Like, she would write about, like, some woman named Mary, like, having this beautiful life and, like, having sex with this man, like, after dinner and then going to work the next day and, like, getting a raise or whatever. Mary didn't exist. Like, the man didn't exist. There was no dinner. Like, this was fake. And they were selling these, like, magazine after magazine. And what they never had, and she was just, like, propaganda, like, is things, like, that are, like, slight truths or, like, missing elements. Like, so, like, a lot of times. That's how the best lies creep in on you. She was, like, a lot of times you need to look for what's not there. 
And um, what you never saw in Cosmo was like married women or women who had children or pregnant women. You never saw that at that time. And um, so she was like, she knew she was pushing the sexual revolution and she knew what she was doing. But she was like, wait, how did this get intertwined? And that's what the book is about. So, like, I won't give everything away. I will tell a little bit more about it. But, like, when she told me that, I was like, whoa. That is... This conspiracy theory is real. I was like, that is so cool. It's funny because, like, think about how many articles, like... I'm sure you've read, like, article titles from Cosmo or, like, see, like, did your mom have, like, a Cosmo subscription? I'm sure my mom did. I know we had them in our home. Yeah, like, we had them. But, like, so many of them, I feel like, were focused on still, like, on women pleasing men. Like, how to be better at sex, how to be, like, you know, better at different sex acts, like, for a man. Mm -hmm. Which is honestly just funny considering, like, that it was supposed to be so sexually freeing for women. Yeah, well, because it was created, like, it was forced corporate America. Like, they were advertising this woman who basically, like, gave up what made us inherently different and valuable as women. And, And that is our fertility or or our ability to carry life in our bodies. And not to say that if you can't do that, that you're like less Less of of a a woman. woman. It's just that that is like the ability, our nature. And it is in your nature, whether you can or you cannot. Yeah. Like that's what makes us different and, and of equal value, but totally different. And like, we're cutting that off when we use things like birth control or especially abortion to, like get ahead yeah but that was their goal they were like fine we'll let women work for us but like but they have to be more like men and so we were fooled and um and that's like that's like what she writes about in her book and she also writes about the fact that um that during this time um betty friedan who wrote the feminine mystique actually was like totally opposed to cosmo she thought it was horrible and, like, she's quoted saying that. And I think she even did, like, a protest against it. Because she's not it's such a trash bag. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but eventually, um, the, and this is a, a quote from her book, it says, the women's movement and the sexual revolution secretly joined forces behind the scenes, largely due to the influence of one man named Larry Ladder. And he was a founder of uh, NARAL, which, what is Which stands for the National Abortion Rights Action League. And he worked for years to persuade Betty Friedan to insert the sexual revolution, the sexual revolution's most controversial demand, abortion, into the National Organization for Women's Political Platform. And that means that, like, the women's movement in the 60s that was going somewhere good was hijacked because someone was trying... Not even by another woman. Yeah, by a man. But by a guy. Trying to make abortion legal. So... The sexual revolution, like, trying to promote this idea that as long as women were sexually free, but, like, were not bound by the weight of a family, that they could have whatever they want. Like, sure, you can have whatever you want, unless you have kids, or unless you're pregnant. And, and we see that narrative pushed all the time now. Yeah. Like, that this that pregnancy will ruin your chance at education, at a career, at climbing the ladder, and, like especially in at-will states, employment-wise, like, I mean, that does still sometimes happen. Like, people get fired, like, because it's inconvenient. I mean, look at... Somebody's going to be on leave or whatever, but... It's just sad that, like, when I think about the fact that that's still an issue now, like, under the table, really... Yeah. It probably could not be 
yeah like this movement had gone well and if this movement had gone in the direction of like trying to make career advancement and just like things like that normal and acceptable and just like yes like you're a woman you should have equal opportunities yeah and you should also get to be pregnant get to have a family like yeah. these things can both exist at the same time i mean look at corporate america now with what happened after the Dobbs decision what they're doing now is offering to fund abortions they're offering to pay for women to cross state lines yeah. and like what was it up to four thousand dollars it's not because they're such good companies or care so much about you either it's because it's cheaper to fund yeah, an abortion it's a business decision than it is to fund maternity leave like continue to pay you while you're off to provide like breastfeeding services and maternal like help which means that the outrage there the outrage there should be that my company doesn't care about me and wants to pay for me to go have a medical procedure so that I have more use for them yep. and th- so that they can save a-, a buck. That should be the outrage. But instead, like, I mean, we are still just all, like, you know, grabbing our pitchforks and our torches. Not you and I, but, like, you know. Right. And shouting about the fact that, like, we're being denied this medical procedure to make us equal in the workforce. Yeah. which When in reality, we should be holding our pitchforks and holding our torches for the fact that companies are so greedy and are using it and are just fueling the fire going oh look at us we are so good to you and so nice to you like we'll let you kill your baby so that you can you know slave at your desk longer for us and we won't have to pay for you not to do work yeah because they don't believe that you are capable enough to be a mother and do the job right but what we should want is whoever's best at the job doing the job and if that's a woman it should be a woman whether she's a mother or not yeah if it's a man it should be a man like if you know And I can confidently say that, like you just said about me, I am a better worker. I'm a better person, like, organization-wise, like, effort-wise, since I've become a mother. And I even said to Andrew the other day, I was like, I've I've become better with each kid. Because I was a little bit afraid that I was pregnant. (laughs) Which I'm not at this current (laughs) time. Who knows? But but I was just like, who's to say? Yeah, who's to say? But but I was just like, you know what? If I am pregnant, I was just like, I've gotten better with each kid. Like, I know I can do it. Like, that's that's the difference is like, no matter what, like how much more difficult this circumstance would be, we have less space. But like, I can do it because because I've seen myself become something more than I ever knew I could be. And I know you probably feel the same way. That's motherhood for you. So like, if anything, a mother's going to be a better doctor or a better teacher better lawyer like because they know they can do anything yeah no fully agree and so feminism can be good if you look at feminism in the right way where women should be equal like we should be paid equally for for the same job we should be like able to do anything and we should be supported as women not just supported the same as men because we are not the same as men it's like um Oh, God. Like, you've seen that picture a thousand times, I feel like, that, like, lines up, like, all these different animals. Um, It's like a political cartoon. There's, like, oh, a, yeah, probably, yeah. like, a fish, a monkey, an yeah, elephant, yeah, yeah. or whatever. If you judge a... Yeah, if you judge, like, a... I think like that's a, a uh, Einstein quote. Yeah, it has something to do with If you Einstein. judge a fish's ability to climb a tree... Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I don't know the rest. I don't either, but I feel like... You're dumb. <laughs> But, yeah, but, like, basically, like, if you're, like, the fish swims better than, you know, the monkey. The monkey climbs the tree better than it swims. Like, it's just, they're they're different things. Like, and, and men and women are different. And instead of 
fighting for this just equality of being, like being the same thing and transforming women into men, we, we just need to address them as like the fish and the monkey and not just be like, well, now the fish needs to become the monkey. Exactly. And, and we talk about that in our episode last week, like how we are like equal in dignity, but, but different yep. ultimately. And, um, so now I guess the job is to, um, to work for like the, the things that we do need to push yeah. for, like, like not just equality, like in pay, but also like mothers being able to be mothers and do their jobs effectively and um we need to see a fourth wave of feminism that actually addresses the issues that women face as women and does things to bridge that gap yeah this is we're different but we still want while preserving to work yeah the beauty of being a woman instead of becoming a man and i'd say we should even fight for like the rights of women who who do work at home like to get a little bit more support like andrew's always saying that we should get like i should get a paycheck but, and I'm not saying that that necessarily needs to be met, but like, like homeschooling moms, like could have better resources. And like, I mean, there are things that we could be fighting for, but yep. abortion, birth control, that kind of stuff. Like that's not it's helping not us. It's not helping us. It's hurting us. Yep. It's like cutting off a limb, <laughs> like cutting off a part of us that like is always going to be a part of us, no matter how much you shove it down. And people aren't happier because we started using those things. And having sex freely with everyone. Like, no one is happier because of that. You know what I'd like to look at sometime, and we should do this, is it's no secret that most countries, especially European countries, have incredibly better parental leave benefits mm-hmm. in general yeah, yeah, than we for do. Sure. Um, I would love to look at, like, the correlation between the route our feminism, like, our feminist movement took, you, you know, I almost said 50 years ago, and... It's kind of like 10 years ago is always the 90s to me. Yeah. That hurts. But, uh, but like, you know. We're old now. Yeah. Like 70 years ago. Oh. <laughs> Ow. But um, I would love to see the correlation between the direction that took and, like, where we've made it today with what is no secret, really crappy parental leave. And in some people's cases, no parental leave at all. Yeah. And, um, and other countries in the way that. Because I assume that there were probably feminist movements in other countries as well. I don't know that much about it. But yeah, like, we'll find out. Um, but I'd like to see because they've developed like such, what's the difference? such better policies. Yeah. And so I don't feel like this is much of a problem for other nations. So yeah. I wonder where yeah. where that took us. Because I feel like the evidence is probably there to go look. This only hurt us when it could have helped us. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot more evidence um, for everything that I like we've talked about with... Um, the second wave of feminism if you want to read sue ellen browder's book subverted it is um well written very good and she's like she's a cool funny lady so i recommend it um we get into this yeah well um we hope you'll be praying for us we will be praying for you keep seeing truth